to episode 78 of the Get Around Podcast. It's Monday, fresh off of Easter weekend and a glorious sunburn. At least the weather's been nice, nice enough for a sunburn, but I have to tell all of our listeners, <laughs> Brett is literally... Brett's as red as his Beats headphones. Yeah, they blend in, actually. There's a whole bar on top. The best part is, is it's not just the normal like back and shoulders. Brett's nice glistening head is a full shade of red all the way down the neck until he gets to his nice white <laughs> white beater suntan. Oh my god, it looks painful. It's painful. <laughs> the workout at the gym this morning was not fun. Did you do squats? So, no, no, <laughs> thank goodness. But uh, but I did do a sho- uh, little bit of shoulder stuff, so that was unfriendly. But there, it's Sleeping not... last night was awful. Is it at the stage where it, it feels like it's like a hard outer shell yet? No, not yet. You see, that that's when it would have been the worst thing ever. the itchies? I haven't, even, itch I haven't even had the itches yet. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was telling the guys before the show, uh, I, I, my skin does not do well with the sun. Um, about as pasty as can be. I, I, there's no chance, no chance I can hold a tan. a shade of pasty to not pasty, you're just this side of Casper. Yes, literally. Um, and I, I get sunburned, I would say, only about four or five times a year now because I am so... Extreme with sunscreen. Uh, I, I was telling the guys before I went down to the tropics for spring break one year. Went down to the the Dominican Republic in Punta Cana, and I was I'd never been down there, never never even close. And I was so nervous about the sun. I'm literally just like Jake being close to the equator just does not work out. That is not a good issue to have. I took a hundred. You think you were gonna burst in flames? Seriously, I I wouldn't have doubted it. The hair would have been gone. I would have came back, and nobody would recognize me. Um, I mean, I had third-degree burns on my shoulders from the sun when I was a kid, where I had to wear, be double-slinged. And, and it was in third grade. I had to wear double-slings to class. What be, were you doing that day? I just out in the pool, never put sunscreen on. It just never happened. But anyways, I went down to Punta Cana and took 100 SPF with me. I went through the entire bottle in four or five days, and I, I promise you guys I came back whiter than I went because there was no chance I let that sun touch my skin. I, I literally... <laughs> I, I loathe, I hate the situation that you were in. That is like top five most uncomfortable things you can be as a human being is just perpetually sunburned. Yeah, fortunately the shirt was on for a majority of it, so it was just my shoulders and arms and neck that got burnt. Uh, otherwise, the lower back. If, if it was my full, place. if it was my full back, it'd be even worse. But that certainly was not my intention, and I mean, I usually put. I don't. I mean, I'm not a hundred SPF user like you, Jake, but. Uh, I only did that when I went down to the Dominican. Like I use 50 now. Okay, I'll usually go with 30, 35. And, uh, but I just got to working on this staircase that we were building. And uh, and you learned your lesson. Just kind of basically evaporated from my mind. And a few hours in, I was like, oh, I should probably put some sunscreen on, which I did. But it was too obviously too late. Too late. <laughs> obviously not a stairway to heaven. No, no. no. The only time, the only time I forgot, I was one time I was drinking at the beach and I had this girl put it on my back. I was like, hey, like, will you rub this on my back? You know what I'm saying? In the middle of it all, I was already half burnt, half not. I was like, hey, will you just rub this on my back? And I still have a photo. She draw pictures into your back? No, there's, no. but there's literally just like actual, <laughs> like four finger just marks 
from my shoulders down to the middle of my back. There's like no sunscreen anywhere on my lats or anywhere on my lower back. There's just actual handprints of sunscreen just burned into my back. So she just did a horrible job. No, absolutely god awful. I don't know if she was drinking a lot or what, but I swear I came home and I, I actually there was just like one huge like cylinder. It almost looked like they just put the bottle on me from like my neck all the way to the center of my back, and it's like, how did this even happen? But I, I'm the type of guy, I actually did another one. One time I was in the sun for about 20 minutes, and I put a smiley face of just sunscreen on my stomach, and I literally, it was like that for about four days. Yeah, because I got so burnt you around graffitied it. yourself? Yeah, it, was a, it wasn't a smart decision <laughs> by any means, but hey, it was fun while it lasted. I got so burned so bad one time when I was, went down to Florida. Like, I had, you know, I, I go to the beach and stuff like that during the summer, but... I'd never been to Florida or anything before, and I'm just like, oh, we're just going to go out to the beach for a couple hours. And that's all it was. That's all it takes. It's just like a couple hours, and it was Florida, and I had no idea. Man, by the time I was back at the hotel room, I would, my chest was just so red, just, just beat red. And then it, like, it started itching like that night. That night, and oh, my God, it was so horrible. Stand I was like, front of the air conditioner. And just the itching part was just driving me crazy. I was sitting there, like, hitting myself in the chest to get it to stop itching. <laughs> I, I would rather have the pain than the itching of yeah. that, and it was just horrible. That's that, like, that, that itching stage, that's almost an immediate thing for me. Like, it's like right after I get out of the sun, my skin is, like, irritated. But, like I was telling you, I, I can't hold a tan. I can't even hold a sunburn. Normally by, normally by the time the sun goes down or the time night rolls around that night, I am already like chameleoning back to white, back to pasty to the point where I'm pe- I, I peel so bad. Like I have to shower with like a loofah that's hard after I get out of the sun just to get all the skin off my body. It is literally terrible. <laughs> I, I'm Hungarian and Polish. I should probably do the 23 or the 23 and me thing that one of my family members got me for Christmas to find out why I'm so white. <laughs> But from what I know, I'm just Hungarian and Polish. It's terrible. People probably hey. didn't need to know how, no. how badly you peeled. But. It's bad. But, hey, at least it's nice for this weekend. Nice enough to get a sunburn. Nice enough to do some sports. Get some baseball. Some softball in. At I the mean, very least, I think we're finally past the point of snow actually sticking. You s- sticking. You say that it might loud. still snow, but it's not going to stick. Man, We're almost I to May. Not it's not going to stick. I think it was, it was like May 5th. Uh, Jan was telling me that they still had people skiing on Boyne Mountain on like May 6th last yeah, year. Yeah, but that's one on a mountain where they create snow. Yeah, still. The ability to make the Well, the they, they don't make and snow And we had a very snowy <laughs> April, so there was snow hanging on. So I'm not saying you're just that, making me nervous. I'm not man. saying we're that the snow is done for good. It's just it's not going to reaccumulate at this point. I'm, God, I'm pretty so. safe in in that guess. I mean, I'm no meteorologist, but we'll I did, have to call Blake. I Hansen. did take an oceanic science class in college one time, so that's that's like equivalent of staying at a Holiday Inn Express. I think. <laughs> hey, we got our Easter egg hunts in yesterday, didn't we? Did yeah. Do that with your kids? Well, we uh, we hide a basket. Yeah. That's, that's how. Yeah. We did that with like my my you know, nieces and nephews and stuff, and then we had an adult Easter egg hunt after that. Yeah, that's that, that's what we've gotten into because I was like the youngest in my family for the longest time. There's there's some kids from my cousins now, but once I got old enough, it just turned into shooters all over the yard. Well, we do have to talk about some sports on this <laughs> podcast at some point. We can make uh, that now. Last week we uh, 
kind of introduce the baseball season this week. We'll introduce the prep softball season, but not before I finally get around to introducing us. I'm your host, Brett Summers, alongside James Cook and Jake Atnip. The Peeler, Jake Atnip. Yeah, okay, that can be your new nickname, <laughs> No, we'll Peeler. <laughs> just had to identify it wasn't James who was talking about his peeling earlier. <laughs> I think they figured it out. We've got an interview with Traverse City Central right fielder Lily Briggs. We'll run through our F Tweet of the Week, another uh, former area athlete joining us through the Twitter sphere this week. And we've got another Get Around Hall of Fame. And then in our trifecta, going to discuss some of the better examples of player-to-coach or front office executive transitions uh, thanks to the news last week that I think all Detroit, Detroit Red Wings fans were rejoicing in that, yes, Steve Eiserman is coming back long away to return. lead the Red Wings as its general manager. And I feel like there probably people would have preferred Holland to just be gone. But uh, he, he gets. Listen, nobody he, minds. He gets nobody a, minds. <laughs> Stevie Y is back, baby. Ken, go do whatever you want to do. Ken gets the promotion to senior uh, vice, president. vice president, and yeah, we'll see what's to come from the Red Wings, but we'll we'll discuss that for this, our 78th episode of the Get Around Podcast, and uh, we'll just jump right into the Big North Conference. We're about 10 games or so into the season, and you know, last year, kind of leading that Big North crew, albeit out of our coverage area, was Alpina, who went on to the quarterfinals, but early indications uh, so far this season are that Central and West are they're on pace to put some good seasons together. The Titans 6 and 4, the Trojans 5 and 5. I think Central's had a bit of an injury bug particularly with their uh, pitching. So so guys, if you're looking at uh, 6 and 4 and 5 and 5 through the first 10 games of the season, I mean, is there knowing enough about the talent that both these teams have is is there is there a gap between these two teams one way or the other or I mean are they pretty evenly matched across the board? I mean, last year they were pretty evenly matched across the board. I remember them splitting games. Um, this year, I think the the main pieces for each one of those teams came back. For TC West, Brittany Steimel, she was only a freshman last year. She comes back. She this can year. win you any game that you play from the circle or from from the plate. You know, she she's been an RBI machine, a hit machine. You know. Extra base hits, especially. Um, even has some stolen bases this year. And then if you go over to TC Central with Olivia Feebing, once again, another person who can win you a, a, a softball game from either side, offense or defense, um, while pitching. And uh, both very explosive athletes. And I think those are the two that kind of lead these teams and um, are setting the standard. And the rest of them have fall, you know, followed suit. We talked about having an interview with Lily Briggs, another good power hitter um, over the last two years coming back. Uh, if you talk about Darcy Danzer, uh, from TC West, once again, very, very solid person coming back. So I think I think that these teams are on quite a similar level, and if you look at their records right now, you'll see that. I think once once they, I believe they play this week, or not soccer. <clears throat> yeah, TC West, TC Central soccer. Well, they play, play soon. Well. Yeah, but, they, but they'll play soon, so we'll be able to see these two uh, up against each other to see who might have the chops for the Big North. Yeah, I think with Feebing and Stimel, I mean... I think the list for softball runs fairly deep as far as you're talking early season or preseason player of the year candidates, but I think Feebing and Stimel uh, are definitely on that list uh, for the Titans and Trojans respectively. Uh, Feebing, one of those. Uh, she's been 
batting, but uh, has had not thrown from the circle yet for the Trojans. She's one of those that has, has been injured, but sounds like uh, Central's hoping that she's back uh, very soon. Yeah, and they, and they just have, both teams just have deep lineups, too. I mean, they're, they're getting contributions from all over. I mean, uh, you know, West split with Muskegon Oak Ridge, who hadn't lost a game before that, and they were ranked in the in the state. And uh, West not only beat them, they they came into the bottom of the seventh, I believe it was, down a run, and Brittany Simon led off the inning with a solo home run. Then they get two outs, and then Darcy Danzer hits a walk-off solo homer to, to beat an undefeated team that, that was ranked in the top ten. And, and, you know, that was and it's an impressive win. Uh, Stamwell, I think, got the win in that game, too. Um, and then, uh, you know, they've both teams just have a lot of weapons. I mean, you know, Darcy Danzer hits that walk-off home run. She's hitting, like, six or seven in the lineup for them. That's a pretty, you know, pretty good batter to have. In, yeah, hit, that, that, end, that, that your lineup is so good that she's in the six or seven spot for you. Yeah, and then, you know, these teams share a, a bit of a common theme just as far as newcomers go because we've got Dave Kenny taking over the West program. Uh, so from a coaching perspective, they've got some uh, new blood there uh, as, as he leads the Titans. And then for Central, you've got two pretty key transfers, and Heidi Walters, a catcher who comes over from Traverse City, St. Francis, and Maddie Alger, who comes over from Kingsley, and uh, Alger's second baseman, she's a senior this year. She hit 539 at Kingsley last year, uh, 55 hits, almost 30 stolen bases, 40 runs scored a year ago. Yeah, and Central's got her at short. I think they're playing her at shortstop this year, um, whereas at Kingsley she was playing second base. And then, you know, Heidi Walters gives them, you know, a, a very good catcher, and, you know, she has some serious pop too. Yeah. Uh, when she was at St. Francis, I mean, she, would, she had just a lot of power. I mean, she hits the ball, she puts a hurting on it. And she already homered against her former team this year when uh, Central faced off against the Gladiators earlier. Uh, but, you know, this, yeah, I think this will be a really tight conference race. You know, we're a little out of the loop on Alpena, uh, them being outside of our coverage area, and they really haven't hit the strength of the BNC uh, conference slate as of yet. Uh, so some of those results will be yet to come. But, I, I mean, at this point, I would feel like Central and West are both going to be in the running for a BNC title this year. I would think so too. I mean, the records, you look at the records at West being 6 and 4 and Central being 5 and 5 and you don't think, well, you know, that doesn't say a whole lot, but man, both of those these teams loaded up the beginning of their schedule. Yeah, and because of the weather, state. we're actually able to get those games in this year and, and unlike in some other years and yeah, I mean, they're Coming playing out, teams like Oak Ridge and 500 or above 500 from that downstate schedule and from from early season. I'm pretty sure that they had they both these teams had a game only a week after they got together. They they started really quick because they thought, hey, we're not going to get these in. We'll just schedule them. They were down there and they were doing it. I before you start conference play, coming out five hundred will probably be a very very good sign for these two teams. Then in the Northwest Conference, uh, which was won by Frankfurt a year ago, uh, they went on to the Division Four quarterfinals. Uh, the Panthers lost a couple key pieces though in our dream team pitcher uh, Olivia Tomaszewski and then you know the other half of that battery and catcher Kaziah Stockdale but and they, and one of our best podcast duo guests ever. Yes, it was. Yes, a that was that was, that was that was like one of our that was that's what started our great our I, great I'm guests. not sure I'm not sure two guests have ever had as much fun on the get around. Yeah. as those two. But they lost them. They're gone. 
Poof. They are both playing college ball, uh, but they do return uh, Haley Myers, Natalie Bigby, Bree Daw. So, I guess it's just sort of. I mean, how do you overcome the loss of one of the area's best pitching talents from a year year ago? It's tough. I I was all on the Olivia Tomaszewski train last year. Um, I heard. Her pitching was incredible. I mean, she actually, like, straight won them games game after game last year. So, I mean, there's obviously going to be a hit uh, from that. Because Stockdale, too, had a huge bat in the lineup. Um, that That's another. And is a, de- and is a defensive difference maker as yeah. well. And that's why I'm, it's, 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 uh, it's, I think it's going to be one of those things that they have big shoes to fill. But I also think that the girls that you mentioned with Bree Daw, Natalie Bigby, um, Haley Myers, they have the skills to step into those positions and actually become, um, you know, exactly, not, maybe not exactly, but what Frankfurt needs them to be yeah. uh, going forward. And Maggie Kelly seems to have really stepped up so far earlier in the season, too, to give them another, another bat a little farther down in the lineup that, uh, you know, maybe wasn't there last year, but she seems to have really stepped up her game. Kingsley, another viable contender in that conference, uh, even though they lost Maddie Alger. Um, but, you know, Ellie Gadecki from the circle and at the plate, I think she was a dream teamer for us last year. Uh, Lark the, Jankowitz. The future namesake of Jake's daughter. <laughs> Lark Jankowitz. Uh, Adriana Reed, another multi-positional player who comes back for them. I think they're 5-3 and three right now, early in the season. And, again, a... Uh, uh, Schedule that we really haven't had much for conference matchups yet, but but uh, Ali Gudicki, man, she's good. She was last year at least. She's been pretty darn good this so far this yeah. season too, uh, pitching and hitting. Yeah, you know she's kind of like the Northwest's Steimler Phoebe. Yeah. Then you've got Glenn Lake, who's five one and one, and I think at least as far as the standards at Glen Lake go, they had a bit of a down year last year, but at least. Early indicators on the season are that they're bouncing back. Uh, Caitlin Schaub, who can probably uh, bet on hearing from later in the show, uh, she went bonkers over the weekend uh, with home runs and set some career records. Am I right on that, Jake? Yes, school career records. School career records. Yeah, not just for her, but school records. So uh, you, you can bet in her final uh, prep season. Uh, finally, a senior, Caitlin Shaw. So many different roles she's played get, uh, across various teams between basketball and softball, and uh, now on the trap shooting team. Doubling uh, up she's, this spring. She's definitely gonna uh, give her best in her senior season. So that's another team in the Northwest to uh, keep an eye on. And then, in the Lake Michigan, uh, kind of curious to see how this goes because you actually had. Four teams out of the LMC win district titles last year. Kalkaska, St. Francis, Boyne City, and East Jordan all won district crowns. Uh, now, the those latter three did not move on uh, far beyond that. None of those teams, uh, unfortunately, went far beyond that. Uh, I believe all four fell in the regional semifinal round. Uh, but Kalkaska was definitely the best of those four last year. And you're talking about our record Eagle player of the year last year, Mackenzie Wilkinson, leading the way. You're another dream team pitcher in Mackenzie Leach. I mean, that was probably the best one-two uh, pitching tandem. And then you probably leave period. off who was the best batter, or at least one of the best power hitters ever in Kalkaska history, and Taylor Kustra. Taylor Kustra. <coughs> so 
I mean, there's you know there's a couple of girls left on uh, that team this year for their senior years, and Kayla Cavanaugh and Angela Ayat, but that's a lot to lose. Now, obviously, Coach Ponstein is a Hall of Famer for a reason, uh, but uh, the I guess out of anybody, I the think jury's they out the of yes, the jury's out a bit on what this Kalkaska squad is going to do. Although they are off to a very good six and one start, James, do you think Kavanaugh and I can, you know, continue to lead Kalkaska to the uh, types of seasons that we've grown accustomed to seeing out of the Blazers? Yeah, I mean, they they, they did lose a lot. Um, but I mean, uh, from what we've seen so far earlier in the season, they seem to have not lost, you know, a, a beat. Elite, yeah. You, you know, and they're they're taken right off from where they ended last season um, with you know a very good team that'll be a threat to anybody. I mean, they split with Traverse City West, much bigger school than them, and somebody who we just talked about being a, a pretty legit team as well. Uh, you know, so I I think they've got they've got the goods to be right in there in the mix, and and you know when. You know, another district, try to get farther than that. You know, I mean, Lake Michigan seems to be a, a pretty good conference overall. Yeah, I mean, not having seen uh, many of these teams in person to this point in the year, obviously we're, you know, taking our best guesses a little bit uh, here. But, you know, Boyne City's sort of one that jumps off the page to me as a team that could maybe vie for that championship spot. I've had several knock I've had, off. Yeah, I've had several Lake Michigan conference coaches tell me that Boynton City does have some talent. Um they definitely have a chance. I I've heard a couple of them say actually Boynton City has a good chance at, at winning the Lake Michigan conference. So you, you gotta look out for them. Yeah, I think if if you were gonna pick somebody to to uh replace the Blazers, which a lot of season left to be played, Blazers might keep winning anyway. But I think yeah. Boyne City, definitely the team to watch out for. And then outside uh, our typical conference coverage, um, because we only cover one team in the Highland, that being Manton. But Manton is off to a fantastic start this year. Uh, they're 10-3. and three, And, I mean, one name that I continue to notice every single time that we have a Rangers box score, both at the plate and in, in the circle, is Addison Letts. And I think... Based on those numbers thus far, she's another one of those players that you have to put in the early uh, preseason player of the year type discussion. I think so, definitely. Yeah, like you said, every time they play, she's putting up numbers. It's like you were playing a video game, and she's one of those players that you got to create. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I haven't even seen a game where she was 0 for or even 1 for. Like no. I'm yeah. pretty sure she's got multiple hits in every game that they've played. And, and pitched well. Shut out, yeah, shutouts yeah. and lots of Ks. So hopefully somebody that we can uh, see before the regular season's over. And then just a few other players to watch this season. Of course, the list runs a lot deeper than what we've talked about here today. But uh, you know, the aforementioned Boyne City, uh, their catcher and third baseman Caitlin Gabos. Uh, I think she's a junior this year. She had 436 last year as a sophomore, 21 extra base hits. Got Haley May in her final season. And, I mean, as far as Bear Lake goes, Haley May is a name that, you know, if you've paid attention, you've, you've known and you've seen a long time. But I think at least in terms of the numbers that she puts up, softball might be her best sport. And uh, last year as a junior, she hit 625 and had 30 RBIs, and that was that was the area's batting champion last year. Which is outrageous. So, yeah, I'll be curious to see if she can somehow top uh, her junior season in her final go-around. 
You've got the base stealing uh, phenom- yeah, yeah. phenomenon. Juggernaut. Charlevoix, yeah. shortstop Hannah Solomon. She was a close second to May last year. She hit 621 and stole 61 bases. Do you hear that, people? She stole 61 bases last year. Oh, my God. I mean, that's, those, that's, are, those are short bases. That's so many, though, that the other coach has to know it's coming, I'm just, and they still can't stop it. At all. I mean, no, literally, like, every three that, that's three steals a game. You know, that she's literally on the base pass and running them all the time. Yeah, and it's not like coaches don't know who she is. I mean, because she's been doing... If she's you been putting up huge steal numbers since if, she was a yeah, freshman. If you don't know yeah. who she is I'm, by now, yeah, you're not paying attention. I'm pretty sure yeah. that just the last two years put together, she's stolen over 100. No, I, I wouldn't doubt that even then. <laughs> I wouldn't even doubt that for a second. Yeah, so I mean, that's just impressive in that you know it's coming and you can't stop it. You've got a returning first-team All-Stater from Gaylord, third baseman Savannah Gapinski. She had 491... Uh, last year, and she was one of the area leaders in RBIs with 49. She also scored 45 runs, so she's getting on base a lot and driving home runs. And then a, a pitcher from Mancelona, Summer Robbins, who I think kind of came onto our radar last year in her junior season, and I'll be curious to see the type of year she puts together this year after she hit 562 at the plate last year and then had a 177 ERA from the circle. The ninety-seven to seven strikeout to walk ratio. That is the most impressive number. I mean, those are all three are awesome numbers, but the seven the strikeout to season to walk ratio is that is incredible. Yeah. Yes, and especially in softball, like a lot. Of, especially in, yeah, because a lot of people are trying to work the count and exactly, trying to draw the walk and, and the get time. on base. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. No. But a lot of people are trying to doing it, try to do it, and you're not letting them. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's better than twelve to one. Yeah, no, that that, <laughs> that that ratio is better than almost any major league pitcher you'll ever find. I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've ever see, seen somebody at like twelve to one. Even I mean, what most that's major almost league fourteen pitchers, to one. Yeah, that's yeah, all, yeah. That's I was what just I, redoing the math. In my most head. most most major league pitchers pray to get to two hundred strikeouts in a season. If you're a starter, you don't think they have forty or fifty walks? Yeah. All the time. It's like one four to one is the ratio in the majors, and she's going 14 to one. Yeesh. That's crazy. Should be a pretty good softball season, and that has been our softball season preview. Brought to you by Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. We had Lily Briggs, Traverse City Central right fielder, drop by the Get Around Podcast studio earlier on Monday. So let's go ahead and give a listen to that interview now. I'm thrilled to welcome into the Get Around Podcast studio, Traverse City Central right fielder, Lily Briggs. Lily, I know you got practice later today. Thank you for fitting us into your schedule and dropping by. No problem. All right, so the weather this Easter weekend was phenomenal, so I want to start there, actually and look at kind of some of the weather that teams have been forced to play through before that beautiful weather showed up. How how terrible is it to play in a game when it's like 30 degrees outside and then to have to play a second one after that? It's pretty terrible, actually. Our coaches have to keep reminding us just to stay focused, keep our heads in the game, and just telling our minds that it's not cold outside, it's warm, it's like Florida, but, you know, it's kind of hard when you're playing in, like, 30-degree weather and you're just out there 
just waiting for a strike, waiting for a hit. It's pretty hard. Well, in the outfield, you kind of kind of just stand yeah, there for a while too. Yeah, it's hard to so stay little, focused. Yeah. <laughs> imagine if you're in the infield, you're shifting around, you're yeah. waiting for the ball to come and stuff. And the, the outfield's a little more, more uh, sedentary, yeah. I guess. <laughs> when you're on the road, what do you do? Like uh, in between games, because you got like a, a little gap there between the games and stuff. Do you just stay on the field and try to stay warm, or do you yeah, uh, try to go um, in like somebody the parents' car or something? <laughs> well, there's these. New things that all of the moms on our team have that are called pods, and it just keeps all the heat inside of there, so most of us just tend to go in there and... Well, those little, like, pop-up tent-type things? Yeah, just have a snack, but not too much, so that way we're ready for the next game. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the reason I kind of was thinking about that and wanted to ask you uh, was because it's like, man, this weather's so great, like, it'd be really fun to play a baseball or softball game or something, and then I was like... Is it even fun when it's that cold? <laughs> like, I mean, everybody looks forward to the sports they play, but when the conditions are like that, is it? can it still be fun? It's definitely worth it when you win, but um, we just, our team, our coaches tend to just continue looking on the bright side and keep it positive. I mean, it's a sport that we all love, so it is worth it for us, I think. All right, well, hopefully this nice weather is here to stay for a while or at least nicer than it's been for the early portion of the season but I mean you guys you, you said uh off recording I guess that you guys are about 10 games in so what's your what's your assessment of the 2019 Trojans right now um I think that we're gonna be able to go pretty far this year it's one of the best teams we've had in I mean central softball like history and uh our, you know, our coaches just keep telling us just to focus on the next game. Don't look ahead towards districts or don't look ahead towards the end of conference. Just to stay focused on the games that are coming up and just really prepare for the good teams that are actually competitive, that are we are actually going to have to win. So, yeah. And part of the reason why you guys think you're going to be so good is, you. I mean, you look up and down your roster and – Almost all of you have been playing varsity for yeah. multiple seasons. How how crucial is that, uh, you know, to the success you hope to have? Uh, I think it's very crucial. I mean, I look at the lineup and we're all able to trust every single hitter, every single fielder, outfielder, and I think that's the most important part of our team is that we're all able to trust each other and we see someone up to bat and we just know that they're going to get a hit. So... Have you guys felt more pressure on offense at this point in the year? Because I know your top two pitchers have missed a significant amount of time thus far. Yeah, I think, yeah, we definitely have. But, um, you know, they're coming back now, and we're really ready to play, you know, West or Alpina or Cadillac's coming up tomorrow. But I really think that we've shown how strong we are as a team even without our good pitchers with our offense especially because you know there's been girls in the past who have needed to improve and you know they work on it and I think that shows during our games. How much is the addition of Maddie Alger and Heidi Walters added to the team? I mean you get two <laughs> two big transfers from two different schools and uh and filling some some positions in need there and yeah because yeah, you guys didn't lose a whole lot last year yeah so it's kind of like free money with those two yeah um, <laughs> you lost Hull and that was you know probably the biggest loss I yeah say. uh 
I think it's made a great impact on our team. You know, it's brought our um, athleticism up more, and I think it just really shows how, like, how much our team is positive, and I think it shows that, you know, you're, you're going to get more girls and it's going to be harder to get the position you want to play, but it just adds more competition and more work for how much you really want to play that position. And, you know, I think they've showed that they want to play, and I think that they've really helped our team a lot. You've got, I mean, players like yourself, Olivia Feebing, Aubrey Haddix, and others. When you're able to bring in experienced players like Heidi Walters, like Maddie Alger, you know, who have put up big numbers in the past, I mean, what's the, how quickly or seamlessly do they fit into the team? And then, you know, you having been there last year before they came, what, what new or what additional things do they sort of inject into the team atmosphere? I think they add different aspects that they've learned from different teams. And, I mean, it brings our team up higher. And, you know, we welcomed them both really well this year. You know, Heidi's one of my best friends. Maddie's one of my best friends. And I think we were able to just welcome them to the team and show them that it's worth transferring. And, you know, I think how well of hitters they are has really showed us that oh we're able to do that we're able to get down we're able to get dirty when we need to and it's really brought our team up better too as we were talking about before before we started recording the you know, of course you're not related to Preston Briggs <laughs> no, <I'm> what's, not. <laughs> whatsoever uh, but you have two older brothers who came through TC Central and both did pretty well and are yes. playing at the college level in baseball right now yes. what do you what do you learn from them or uh, or how annoying were they that being older <laughs> brothers that was because I asked Logan what I should ask you and he said how annoying were we as older <laughs> brothers you know uh, I love them both so much and I miss them I just got to see Logan over Easter break but um, one thing that they really taught me and have taught me throughout the years is just my attitude is what shows more than anything and just keep a positive attitude because that's what the coaches are going to be looking for. And, you know, that's really helped me throughout the years, even with travel ball and coming my freshman year, just wanting to be on varsity all four years. So they've really showed me that if you keep a positive attitude, your outcomes are going to be greater. And... You know, Sam's always just taught me really to just keep going, even if you don't get a good hit, even if you do get a good hit, don't let that get to your head and just focus on your next at bat, your next fielding option or whatever. And, you know, just keep your head up no matter what. Mm-hmm. So as he asked, uh, how annoying were they? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they were pretty annoying. I was with them 24-7, but... You know, you you just got to love them, so. <laughs> Anything in particular they did that you were just like? Uh, no, yeah. they were always just like, we're older, we're better. <laughs> or, you know, we're older, we are we play baseball, baseball is better than softball. But, you know, I don't believe that, so. <laughs> well, then, uh, then uh, talk talk about your nickname that Coach Alger gave you. Oh, UP, yeah, Un Poquito. It's, called, <laughs> it's Little One, and... Um, you know, I think he started calling me that when 
it was my first at bat my freshman year. I hit a line drive right center and I got a double. And so he just started calling me that because I'm small, but they're not going to be expecting it out of me. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, neither one of you, neither of your brothers are huge guys either yeah. for baseball players yeah. or anything like that, but they were able to make a pretty good go of it. Like yeah. I said, both playing college base, baseball. And so how often do people ask you if you're related to Preston? Not so much these last two years, but, you know, all throughout middle school and my freshman year, I got it a lot, and I was just like, no, we're not. We have the same last name, but we're not related at all. Okay, so your nickname may be Un Paquito, <laughs> but uh, last year... You were third, or well, you were. We named you to our dream team last year. Uh, you were third in our entire coverage area in hits, uh, with sixty-one on the season, fourteen doubles. You mentioned that first hit being a double. You scored thirty-five runs, twenty-six RBIs. What's your, you know, mindset or approach when you're in the batter's box, and you know what gives you the ability to put up numbers like that? You know, people tend to ask me that, but the first thing I say to them is. I don't think at all. I just, you know, I just watch the ball get released from the girl's arm, and I know my strike zone. I know what's my pitch, and I know if it's right by my chest, I'm going to hit it somewhere. And, you know, um, outside of softball, I do work out, and I do get a lot of my power from my legs. So I know I may be small, but I'm so I'm strong enough that I'm going to be able to pop it somewhere. So... <laughs> So I know coach sets the lineup, but you know, you knowing your own skill set and obviously the, you know, performances you've put forth in the past, if you could pick where you were gonna hit one through nine, where would you put yourself? I would put myself where I am right now. I like being lead off. It really boosts my confidence when I get up there and you know, I'm not like saying I'm cocky, but I do think that I'm able to handle any speed that there is and that I'm able to just hit it somewhere and I'm going to be on base for the girls who are able to hit harder than me and I'm going to be able to get a run in for the team. Right, so we'll look quickly a little bit to last year. You guys went to districts, uh, got beat by Traverse City West, um, maybe a bit of an upset, uh, <laughs> at least according to how last year's regular season went. How did that sit with you and the rest of your teammates over the course of the off season? You know, uh, West is a big competitor, one of our top rivalries, but I will give credit to Brittany Steimel, who is uh, one of the better pitchers throughout Travers and, you know, one of the better competitors. She definitely doesn't go out without a fight, and... You know, throughout my off season, that's just been the main goal up until now, just to, you know, fight back and show her that we are just as good as them and show them that we are able to win and show them that we are a great team that people say we are. And, you know, it's just made us work 10 times harder and 10 times longer and, you know, Throughout the off-season, we do have open gyms, and we've noticed that a lot of girls have been showing up more to those just to work on their skills, work on anything that they need to work on, and get all the kinks out before season starts. So you, you mentioned Brittany Steimel in particular. I mean, how, how well do you know individual pitchers over the course of a season or what their strengths are? And in the case of a West where you know you have a 
I mean, depending, I don't know what the draw looks like, but pretty good odds that you'll play them again in the postseason. Yeah. Do you actually do anything in particular to train for a specific pitcher? Uh, we have pitching machines that are always up. We have live pitching off of, you know, Liv or Lexi or Taylor, and um, that's pretty much it. We do look at stats, we do watch games, and we do just keep up with our competitors and you know, we get them during travel ball, too. We get faster pitching, and, you know, we do tend to do hit better off of those better pitchers where we're, there's more accuracy, more movement, and, you know, I think just the other teams that do have speed help us out with those future games like that. And you mentioned that, you know, Alpina and West, you know, looking forward to games like that and Cadillac. Um, it, it seems you guys are obviously having a pretty good season and have high expectations. West seems to be having a pretty good season early on too, and 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 getting higher expectations than they've had in a little while. How much? How much do you? Th- or what do you think the chances are that it comes down to you, you two, for the league title, and then again for the conference title or the district title? You know, I think it's a pretty high chance just because we're both really great teams, and I think. As competitive as we both are, I think that's going to help us out in the long run. And, you know, we're hoping, I know they're hoping that we're playing each other then. And, you know, we we don't know until we get there. So I'm just looking forward to the games that are coming. Time to jump to the Freaky Fast Five and nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's and uh, just have some fun kind of random questions here for you. First one, what job would you be terrible at? Um, construction. <laughs> <laughs> you're about to get into a fight. What song comes on as your soundtrack? We are the champions. <laughs> there you go. Do you have a particular walk-up song? Um, no, I don't. I just like to keep it funky most of the time, get a okay. laugh out of the crowd. <laughs> okay. So do you change it up throughout the course of the season then? Because you guys do walk up Yeah, music. we do. Um, this year I think we're allowed to change it up, but last year we just kept one song. What was your one last year? Uh, no Hearts, No Love by Big Sean. <laughs> What's the most ridiculous fact you know? Um, hmm. Take as long as you need. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> there is a six-centimeter chameleon that we have on this earth <laughs> that is that's a fairly ridiculous <laughs> fact mm-hmm. and then i we i can pick a different one if you don't particularly care for either of these but game of thrones or avengers avengers all the way <laughs> got your tickets already oh yeah <laughs> yeah opening night yeah <laughs> nice so who's your favorite uh you know I don't tend to pick favorites, but, you know, I'm going to have to say Iron Man. <laughs> that, I think that, has that been a common theme? A couple times we've asked something to do with superheroes. Iron Man's been getting some love lately. Iron, Iron Man's come up multiple times, yes. <laughs> Lily, thank you so much for joining episode 78 of the Get Around Podcast. We really appreciate you coming in here, and uh, good luck at practice tonight. Thank you. <laughs> Another big thank you to Traverse City Central's Lily Briggs, Un Paquito, for joining the Get Around Podcast. 
That conversation brought to you by Jimmy John's. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. F Tweet of the Week. James was very busy this last weekend. Twiddling his thumbs. He might have done fewer, he might have done less scrolling even than the week he spent on the couch ill. I, I got this one out of the way but early. But this one was from he, early in the week. He's still like, dug, that's, he's that's, no he's beaten this one yet. Still dug up a good one. Uh, courtesy of a former Traverse City Central Trojan. What do you got, James? So we got Lucas Battle. If you want to follow him, it's at Lucas Battle, Lucas with a K. Also goes by AOL.com. Just send it. I think hilarious. Fortunately, not a part of uh, team follow back. Because, come on, Lucas. But anyway, uh, it says I took a ten milligram melatonin and now I'm curled up in a blanket on the floor drinking sleepy time tea. I'm never waking up. Bye, mom. I want an open casket, full makeup. Yeah, do do people put, actually get that choice? I just thought it was a. They always, no, put, they always put makeup on you. Yeah, you I just thought to. it was standard. Standard pr- standard operating procedure. You have for, to. Yeah. You literally must. I. I don't think I've ever taken melatonin. I have. Uh, well, that'll put you to so, sleep. Well, but which variety? Because I mean, they have like one, I've five, take, ten mil. I, I think, think ten take, is the top. I think I've taken. Yeah, I've taken ten before. Oh, it'll put you to sleep. Yeah. Uh, from I'm talking, just about anything. It, I, you could be. You could be. Well, you could wake up in the morning, be awake for two hours, take some melatonin, you're out for the next six. Yeah, I. I mean, I feel like the ten would be kind of crazy because, um, occasionally my wife will use the one milligram stuff. And, you know, she has a hard time falling asleep sometimes, and that one milligram will be all that's necessary. Oh, you don't need a lot. I actually, there so was... So ten, 10 just sounds... You guys ever heard of... Like, you know, like it the, would knock out a horse. The Listerine breath strips. Mm-hmm. They actually make melatonin Listerine breath strips. Really? Yeah, I found them at the store one time. I was like, oh, these, these would be good just to toss in, like, my travel bag. It's one i got to carry if I ever need them. I don't know how much are in those, but I swear you take one, like, little tiny strip, and you put it on your tongue. 25 minutes later, it's like you're trying to fight a demon because it's putting you to bed. You're just like, <laughs> I'm so tired right now. Like, you literally try to keep your head up. Uh, so I, I bet you it works, and he probably will. Is sleepy time tea, too? Yeah, on top of that. He's got a solid 10 hours ahead of him. <laughs> Maybe he wanted the full makeup because he'd have bed head when he woke up or, or when, he didn't, when they found him. <laughs> Covered in sleepy time tea. Maybe he <laughs> fell asleep and spilled it on himself before he could even finish it. Sounds like Either way, good luck legitimate. with your rest, and hopefully yeah. it's not because you're sick, Lucas. If you are, we hope you feel better. Yeah, good sleep. Hopefully, I don't know, do you hope for dreamless sleep or good dream sleep? Oh, dreamless sleep, for yeah. sure. Dream sleep is never restful. Yeah. How many times I've woken up in the middle of a dream and just been mad that I... I don't know if I'm more mad that I woke up in the middle of a good dream or if I'm mad I just woke up because of a damn dream. I, to this point, have not had, you know, the falling asleep issue. Still young enough, I think oh, it I could can. still happen. But, I mean, I go home after work or whatever. And it's because you work out. That's I don't why. even. I don't. My my head doesn't even have to be on the pillow for thirty seconds, and I'm asleep. Yeah, it's it's because you do a lot of strenuous physical activity on a daily basis. Back when I was doing that, I remember playing sports. Like maybe you could just knock. I I'd fall asleep in the car on the way home. Now I don't work out or nothing. My body is just burning calories at four in the morning, just ready to go. <laughs> Maybe. Do you, do, you guys, to, do you guys remember your dreams much? No. Sometimes, yeah. I, I don't I, a lot. Oh, I, there's times where I, I have, I, like, I, straight perfect memory of some of the shit that went on. Every once in a while. As I've gotten older, I've started to remember them more. But when I was younger, I, like, never remembered dreams. Well, I had one about, sort of about work, like, about a week or so ago. 
and it was just weird. Oh, I've had dreams about conversations I've had with you guys, and then had to think if I've actually had those conversations with you guys before. Like, straight up, and I, I literally, like, I remember the conversations. I had a, so I had a weird-ass dream where Brett and I were covering a football game, and it was like... It was either like major college football or NFL or something like that. I think it was like major college football for some reason. Of course it was, James, because we were that good. Yeah. No, that's why it's a dream. (laughs) And, but then, so then we just, the game is over, and then we just get into our car, and whoever's car we came in there, and then we just drove home. And then we get home, like whatever, I don't know, we were driving back from Detroit or something like that, and way far away we get home, and then we're, we're like, oh, hey, it's like midnight. Hey, we haven't written any stories. <laughs> I hope you're it, like it was like past deadline. Or just, it just like never occurred to either one of us to actually write anything about what we had just done. These are the nightmares that, that we have, or nightmares of deadlines. Oh, man, I've had nightmares of, shit. I, I, of stuff that I thought I forgot. Like, literally, like, I've, I've like, had a nightmare that I did like this. you or wake I, up or, thinking you actually screwed something yes, up in real life. Oh, my gosh. Like, and, oh. and that's part of my insomnia is that, like, if I do fall asleep really, really late in the morning and I have to get up and I only have, like, a two-hour period, man, I sometimes those are, like, some crazy lucid dreams to, like, where I don't actually think I'm sleeping. I think I'm just sitting there and I can just literally, I'm just in it. It's like Inception stuff where you can just control and shape your own stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. I had, I had, back when I was, we used to work on the copy desk or design the pages mm-hmm. and do the headlines and stuff. I uh, I had a dream in the middle of the night that I had, we had done a story on the uh, Bill Milliken, the old governor from here, and it was like the front, it was across the top of the page. And that was actually what we'd done the night mm-hmm. before. And then I had a dream about that, but I had in the dream, I had misspelled his name. And I woke up and I couldn't remember whether that was real or not. Yeah. Good luck. I sat there and waited for our paper to get delivered. <laughs> I could not go back to sleep until the paper got delivered and then looked at the paper and I had spelled Sorry, it right. Relief. I had spelled it right. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I think if I, if I remember even the faintest details of one dream a month, that's a lot. Wow. Like, I never remember dreaming. I, I would say it's a decently regular basis for me. Uh, what's the famous line from the Night at the Roxbury? You can't take away our dreams because we're sleeping when we have them. <laughs> oh, I love it. You don't know that line? I've seen Night at the Roxbury, but I don't remember that. Oh, I know that whole movie. They're, wa- they're literally walking out to the beach in their Speedos and they go, you know what, Dad? You can't take our dreams because we're sleeping when we have them. And they walk out the door. It's perfect. That's her dad is Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how about that, Jake? <laughs> Well, their dad isn't Freddy Krueger. Their dad is... Uh, Go full Inception on him? Fucking, I don't know what his name is. Doug Butabi, the senior. <laughs> dropping another it's, F-box. It's, I know. Could you, remember, quit, could you quit giving me words that I need to... Yeah. It's Mr. Butabi. Remember what time this is. 56 minutes. It's Mr. We... Butabi. All right, time for the latest rendition of the Get Around Hall of Fame. And uh, we've got three deserving candidates from this past week. Uh... We'll see afterward who gets into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. Go ahead, James, lead it off. Uh, we've got Anna Werfel, Traverse City Central Soccer. Uh, she had a game this week where she had five assists and a goal, and then she followed that up on Thursday with a game against Alpina where she had four goals. So she can just, you know, assist it one night and score all of them the next. Both wins. Whatever, whatever. I know the, yeah, the one game was Alpina Saturday. 6-4 and, the and then it was Granville on Saturday 8-0. 
Yeah, she had the five assists in. That also broke... And they beat they beat uh, Alpina on Thursday, 6-4. to four. Yeah, that also broke a single-game school record at Traverse City Central. For, for five assists. Ass- yeah, for five assists in a game by Anna Werfel. But speaking of records, we kind of alluded to this earlier in the show, so my choice for Athlete of the Week or Hall of Fame is Glen Lake's Caitlin Schaub. She broke two school career records over the weekend. Just on Saturday alone, she went... She had six hits... Eight RBIs with two three-run home runs, and that was in a doubleheader. Who she thinks she is, Christian Yelich? <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, but two career school records. She broke the school record for career RBIs, uh, surpassing it at 111, and the career doubles record, surpassing it at 35. Both those records were set in 1999, so 20 years running, and she snapped them both in a matter of a day. Man, that's a really That's going to be a really tough call when we vote. I've got uh, Mari Mast from Trevor City Central Tennis. Uh, Mary and her teammate Regan O'Connor went three and zero. Were flight champions uh, over the weekend, but for Mari in particular, uh, she became the forty seventh female at Trevor City Central to reach a hundred career wins. So we've got three nominees, all with some type of milestone and or record. Parenthesis s parenthesis. Yeah, no, it's a tough one. But I'm just going to take it off the top. I, I'm going to put Shab. I'm going to put Shab up. Uh, two records. Yeah, two, two records is better than one. Yeah, two records. So, and, I, I mean, mean, I'm going to have to go with Shab. All right, and I will, uh, I'll make it unanimous for Caitlin Shab, our latest member inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Welcome to the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan, Caitlin. Congratulations. That class brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. They spend much time every week baking your bread and slicing your meat so that you can have a tasty 30-second sandwich. Jimmy John's, freaky fresh, freaky fast, freak yeah. Thanks, Jake. I knew you wanted to get in on that one. Okay, best example of a player to coach slash front office exec in honor of Stevie Y and what everybody hopes is going to happen for the Red Wings. He's going to return them to the promised land. I think this might be like They should easier. probably focus on the playoffs first. Before raising a Stanley Cup, but so do you have to have been a good athlete? Yeah, I was gonna say, or do you have to be? A I would, I would say, yeah, we should make it that. You yes. have to have been somebody who was good, because yes. like, you know, a lot of people played. I was about to do I was a little say, bit, and we're we not do great. The converse, we should do the worst ones, <laughs> because there's a lot well, more that don't. I was just gonna say, I, he, he's not. I don't think he's been bad, but Michael Jordan wouldn't make this list. I mean, most of your great coaches were a player at one point or another, just not stars. But we'll go with a star player. You know, I wouldn't put Derek Jeter on this list just yet. Bill Jackson? No. Uh, but he would fall in the category of okay. sort of a middling yeah. player who yeah. became great. Um, I've got one that I'll throw out there right now that's just popping in my head, and I'll uh, go with Ozzie Newsom. He turned into a crazy good front office guy for the Baltimore Ravens and you know, helped draft a lot of those guys that won him a pair of Super Bowls. He was a little bit better than Matt Mellon. 
There are literally <laughs> a little bit. There are a little bit. So I'm just sitting here thinking there are so many options of athletes who have turned into terrible front office. Well, yeah, but I, I mean the fact there that Stevie so Wise coming back to many. Detroit, people don't want to think of uh, those people, Jake. I, I'm just getting there and thinking there are <laughs> it's, so. It's hard many. to think of one though who's somebody who was a great a athlete and then yeah. was, and then transitioned into being a great coach or great front office front person. Office guy. All right. I'll, I'll I'll put this one up there. I I don't I can't say that he's been great, because it's not, it's not. I, you haven't seen quite the results, but he does uh, does have a, a couple of Super Bowl appearances. John Elway, I'm with the Denver Broncos. I think he's made good moves. He did deliver a Super Bowl exactly with Peyton Manning. Yeah, that, that, I mean, yeah, I'm saying a couple results Super Bowl have gone downhill a bit, but uh, I, late, I mean, but I, he's done a good job with the Denver Broncos franchise. Uh, he obviously was a superior quarterback, a superior athlete. I think that's the one that sticks out to me right off the top would be John Elway. I'm struggling to come up with a, a really good example. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Newsom and Elway are pretty good. Yeah. Elway, I mean, Elway, has, that's what I'm saying. Elway hasn't by any means, you know, turned it into a, you know. What, a, what about, I'll, I'll throw one your way, James, and get out of the football realm. Um, what about Danny Ainge? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't a star player, but he was a, a but he was pretty still good, a very good. He was player. a very good starter for the Celtics. I mean, during that whole Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish era. <laughs> Man, that'd be nice to play with those three. Guys. And I mean, he's certainly he's certainly one of the, and one of the top yeah. front office guys in the NBA right now. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, he, I mean, he's the reason Boston's back where they're at as much as anybody. And and the the people the the players in Boston. I mean, with the exception of Kyrie, seemed to really, really like him. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm just Kyrie doesn't I, seem to like anybody. It definitely goes the other way a, a lot, lot more. more. Often. I mean, like I'm not. We don't. We don't have to say these people are terrible. But I'm just gonna throw a couple in the last what. What? 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 Magic Johnson just got. Yeah. Just got not good. Out. Not very good. I mean, we we already talked about Joe Dumars and Alan Trammell in Detroit with the Pistons. Jim yeah. Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah not, Jim Harbaugh. Not, you know, you you asked live up to the hype to, at Michigan. You asked me if Green Bay had some something, something like that. Yes, when Bart Starr and yeah. Forrest Gregg became head coaches, not good. It turned out badly. Not good. I mean, uh, Luke Walton hasn't panned out so far, but he's getting another chance. Um, what, I think did, that did, had did more they, to do with circumstances. Didn't Nolan than, bring in Charles Oakley on a on a senior um, front office position for a second before they got into that feud? I don't know. I'm almost positive that's one of the yeah he came. I wouldn't put it. Pa- I wouldn't put any bad decision past James Dolan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's just a walking but, yeah, bad but decision. Yeah, J- but I mean, Jace, Jason Kidd became a coach that didn't really work out. I mean, do you want to throw LeBron James into that group? Why he's already in the front office? He's basically, so he's basically been the general manager yeah, for two he's, teams already. He's not doing so hot. <laughs> hasn't really done much since then. Three really, because um, he's the guy who orchestrated the big three going to Miami. Uh, yeah, also, I mean, he did have some success. I mean, there's already, a, there's there's a lot. He's already got a much better re- resume than Matt Millen. But from yeah, a GM standpoint, let's hope Stevie Y <clears throat> is all that we hope for more. I mean, what he did with Tampa Bay was. I mean, he basically has turned them into the best, the best franchise in the last five years. Besides the Pittsburgh. worst, best number one seed. Yeah, but I and mean, cons- and consistently, yeah, yeah, they've been consistent too. Yeah, it's that for five or six years they've been consistent. And right when they brought him in, they weren't. Yeah, I mean, they were not a playoff team. And he was able to in one year he you put know, it he, together. He signed some some decent free agents and made the Major Stamkos came back and yeah, re-signed some guys, signed some other free agents. 
made them competitive immediately, and then drafted well so that they have so that they can sustain. Yeah, and I I think I think it's been about three years now that people have been trying to get Stevie Y back to Detroit. I think one of the th- reasons why he didn't is because he wasn't done doing his work down in Tampa Bay yet. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, you reach to the point where it was this season. He left back in November, it was. He left a team that won or had, what, 136 points or 126 points or whatever. Like, he obviously is building it. And I, I think having a face like Stevie Y, I mean, this is the guy who was the captain. Now the general. Yes. <laughs> I like that. I think I saw that in your column. That was the lead of the column, yeah. Yes, I think I saw that. I liked that. I thought I was very clever for that. Probably too much so. But, I mean, just that's got to be just a draw to some people. I mean, I'm sure having a guy like that at the helm is is nice for young hockey players to want to come and talk to. I mean, I know every single... It's definitely going to reinvigorate the fan base, if nothing else. Yeah, and LCA is going to be full. I know that. Training camp. Yeah, can't, that's what I was excited Man, for. Man, training camp is going to be crazy. Everybody trying to interview Eiserman. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought about. But I was like, hey, I'm going to shake his hand. I'm okay Ho- with it. Hopefully, Steve Eiserman would be as good to us as, as far as, as as Ken was as far as access. Yeah. Ken was always. You think Stevie Y is going to give us his phone number? I, that's why I'm, I'm hoping, but I'm I don't. I don't it. see that happening. I mean, I'm going to ask for it. Yeah. I mean, they have contract with with Saturn Ice for at least three years, so there's no avoiding us. That's right, Jake's and coming can, after you, and Stevie. Can, and, and, and Steve can ask Ken, you know, that we didn't abuse that privilege of having oh, Ken's yeah. phone, cell phone no. number. It's okay, we'll, uh, we'll ask. It always never hurts to ask. That's right. I'm excited. Never hurts though. to ask. That was one of the first things I told my mom. I was like, Stevie Weisbeck, and I was like, that means I'm going to talk to him. I'm excited. Childhood idol, man. Oh. From the time I was born, it was Stevie Y, man. Well, in... Uh, celebration or whatever word you want to use Jubilation. Uh, in regards to the return of Steve Eiserman to the Red Wings, we are going to give away our remaining puck from training camp last year, autographed by Andreas Athanasiu. We'll see. We'll find out how much Stevie Y likes Athanasiu soon, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we can get you a puck autographed by him, so share, interact. Uh, with this podcast on Facebook or Twitter, and uh, we'll pick a winner next week. Still, at yeah, this week, in, in, in place of getting you fed, yeah. we're going to get you a puck. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at TCR Esports on both of those. I'm at BA Sports Writer on Twitter. You can find James at JamesCook14, Jake at Jake Atnip. This has been episode 78 of the Get Around podcast. Thanks. Have a good one. <laughs>